tune in, tone up. Your one-stop shop for guitar tricks, tips, techniques and advice. With me, Gary Shilliday, and my own excellent teacher, Dan Davis. In episode 7 of this podcast, we look again at blues improvisation using the pentatonic scale, extended by adding extra notes and playing horizontally. Punctuated with demonstrations and improvisations, we hope you gain some ideas and licks to use in your own playing. So Dan, I thought we'd have a move away from uh, some of the rhythm that we've been looking at. Mm. Um, and I was listening back to our first podcast, uh, the Blues Improvisation Podcast. If you haven't heard it yet, then get out there and have a listen. And uh, I was just hoping for a few more pointers because it's such a big topic and I think there's a load more things we could look at, like perhaps moving from position to position, the uh, pentatonic uh, riffs that mm-hmm. you find most useful and uh, just any general pointers on improvisation and, and blues in general. Yeah, I think the, the first blues session we did when we looked at blues, we kind of got carried away into some fairly advanced areas Yes, and, and that's cool. That's fine. I think that, that's great. But it, it's good to maybe kind of have a little revision on that and look at some things that will hopefully be useful to you and useful to other people listening in, and, and maybe a little bit more accessible. Yes, than yeah. The, some of the difficult crap that we've been throwing up recently. Good plan. <laughs> good plan. <laughs> Sooner or later, everyone has the same question if they've been playing and learning guitar for a while. And they've learned to improvise a little bit. You know, you've got this pentatonic box down here. That's in the key of A, position one. I think it's it's fine. There's plenty of good licks in there. But soon you kind of run out of ideas a little bit stuck in that little box and you you long to kind of sort of push the boat out a little bit more i always feel the minor pentatonic scale it's it's kind of like a bit of a skeleton of a scale it gives you the essentials and nothing more yeah okay i mean it's it's a very useful scale and it's amazing how many solos have been played using it i remember many years ago reading a, a poll by a guitarist magazine and it was they were looking for the the like the top one hundred solos. You know, everyone's got their favourites. Yeah. And they they kind of had some facts and figures at the end of it. And one of the interesting facts and figures for all you train spotters out there was that ninety five percent of the solos in the top one hundred have been played using the pentatonic. Wow. Yeah. Ninety five percent. So either that makes it the world's most useful scale, or for those who like lots of notes, you're thinking very sad occasion. Yes. Either, exactly. either, either yeah. way, you know, just just shows its its usability and how much we rely on this little five note scale. 
But there is more there that we can do. So what I want to break it down into also is, is trying to help people to find things that they can use. And that is another question I get asked a lot. Not just what are the notes, but what can I use over what? Now we are going to extend some of this as well into what you talked about too, about using other patterns. Yeah, um, okay. And at the same time, let's try and, try and keep it really useful for everybody, including yourself, so you can take these ideas away and make some music with them. Brilliant. So the first thing That's we're going to do, we're going to look at some gaping holes in this scale, because the gaping holes are there to be filled. With yes. Lovely, luscious notes. <laughs> so thinking of it in a completely, you know, just looking at the notes on the guitar, any person can see that the first jump from the fifth fret to the eighth... Is a big old three fret jump, bit yep. of a leap. So, what can we use in between? Well, the B note, which would be on the seventh fret, that'd be a good choice. Giving it a minor feel. Minor would feel well. Funnily enough, that note creeps up in both minor and major. So it's uh, it's one which is a bit of a bit of a safe one, regardless of whether you're in the minor or major key. Good to know. Now, of course, we have two E's on the guitar, so that was one of them. The other one's stuck at the top. That means the pattern of notes is going to be the same. Yep. So we've got five, seven, and eight on the top. Now, if we did the same pattern again on the B string, where we've got the other three fret leap. Rather Dorian, so it's the Yeah, but pretty much. So even just with those extra notes we've got a more interesting and harmonically rich sounding scale and then you've got the blues note as well on the next string down so we have so that actually means you could do the same pattern on the top three this is something that not everyone is aware of but it is actually quite a useful little trick so five in the case of a the key of a five seven and eight we're all fair game on the top three strings. And then we fill in the blues note on the sixth fret of the A string between the fifth and the seventh fret. So looking at that, a bit of a composite of a scale, Dorian and blues together. Now if we're just to add a couple of new notes, which are pretty close, and I, I realise these fall slightly out of the shape of the pattern. But on the middle two strings, if we hit the fourth fret on both the D and the G string, that adds the F sharp an octave lower, and the B sh- and also the B note an octave lower. I fluff that up a bit, sorry. Kind of got the Dorian and we've got the flavour of the blues in there as well. Yep. So, without further ado, shall we try these over a backing track? Yeah, let's do that, yeah. I'm going to give you some filthy distorted distortion. I hope the tone is not too crass. a few licks I'm going to hit on this backing track and I'm, I'm hoping it's all good any advice for people listening in at home on how to use what we're going to be doing just to 
listen out for some riffs. They know the notes. All of this is really about evolution rather than revolution. Yeah. Um, sometimes people look for the answers in the wrong place. So, in other words, they want to know what the notes are, but they may end up with a whole bunch of scales which just don't relate to what they're doing. For guitar players, not everyone, but for a lot of people, that pentatonic pattern, the basic pentatonic shape, the minor pentatonic, is one that they know well. Yeah. You know, you hear it all the time. You know, whether it's seasoned musicians using it or whether it's the guy in the local pub band, you're going to hear it over and over again. Because so many people know that, and often people have developed some good little licks around that, you know, around that shape, it's quite a nice place to start. Because rather than give you a whole bunch of scales that just don't seem to relate to what you're doing, we're trying to extend what you already know. Now, that's not to say there isn't a place for all of the other scary guitar stuff and for all of the other interesting scales, but you don't want to lose your feel. And you don't want to become a robot just firing out the notes just because. So giving you something that's related to what you know means that within the skeleton of that scale, you can extend it. Yeah. If you get a little bit lost, we all do, you've still got the safe house of mm. having your minor pentatonic to fall back on. Yeah. You're not stuck there in the middle of the neck going, oh crap, what do I do next? Yeah. I don't, you know, oh, I'm, I'm lost now. Yeah. You've got something that you can relate to something you know well. And because most people have developed their own little licks and things like that, by having a few extra notes that you can you can use, I would advocate extending those licks. You know, treat the other notes maybe with the same sort of feel that that you did the original sort of set of notes within the pentatonic that that you, you use to create your little licks. Every note in a scale has a special sound over each of the chords which it could be played against. Yes. So whether it's the root, the second, the third, the fifth, the fourth, whatever it may be, there is a sound that that note generates against each given chord. And as the chords change, the sound it would generate will be different. Thinking of it in a logical way, the root note of A is going to sound like the root note of the A minor chord over an A minor chord. When you change to a D, it's no longer the root note it all of a sudden becomes the fifth. And over an E, it becomes something different again. It becomes the fourth, which would be a suspended kind of sound to the chord. Yeah, yeah. So as your chords move... Listen. Listen. Listen to what you're playing. Listen to the way the notes sound. And people listening in to us playing, they can learn... First of all, you can learn from my mistakes. And my mistakes. Where I'm a little (laughs) bit off time. Uh, but hopefully, use your ears and pick up a few riffs off of us as well. Mm. Yeah. Now I'm going to be, I'm going to be playing fair today. I know this is a rare thing, but we're going to run a backing track in the key of A minor, something funky. Hopefully, whatever I choose is going to work. And I'm going to stick within the same confines that you've got. I'm going to stick with the same notes. I'm not going to extend it elsewhere. Okay. I'm just going to stick with the same notes that you've got, so okay. that I have the same constraints that you do. Okay. Mm. Okay, let's load it up. (laughs) 
So how did you find putting the extra notes in? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's okay. Uh, I mean, I find improvisation is always a little bit difficult on the on the spot, isn't it? Um, but yeah, I mean, that's, that, that seems okay. Just it's just tapping into what the what the backing track's doing some of the time, isn't it? It sometimes takes a while for me, anyway. Yeah, I mean, the, I guess the more you kind of play over different stuff, the the quicker you dial into it. But yeah, every backing track has its has its flavour. And talking of flavours. That's how I would view notes. Hmm. Just because all the notes are there doesn't mean you've got to use all of them. But it doesn't mean that you have to shy away from them either. I think sometimes when we're just playing the the minor pentatonic scale, yep. if we don't know the other notes, we kind of think, oh, I better not play one in case it's the wrong one. Yeah, yeah. You know. yeah. Stick to what's safe and avoid the uh, avoid the extra notes that might sound wrong. Yeah, yeah I mean the the thing is, you're only ever a note away or a fret away from playing a right note, even if you feel mm. you're playing a wrong one right now. Um, and when I say the right note, I mean a note that's going to work and not sound out of tune. Mm. And that's just a fact. So you know, if you're in the key of A and you hit a B flat, and you think that sounds dodgy, if you moved your finger up to a B, you'd be okay. Yeah. You know, that, that pretty much universally works regardless. So let's look at extending some of this. Yep. Um, when I talk about flavours, what I mean by that is if you add in the blues note, it's going to sound bluesier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you add in, you know, the B and the F sharp, there's somewhat of that thin lizziness about it, I guess. You're adding in the F sharp, mm. which is the sixth. Yep. And the B, which is the ninth. Um, it kind of connects those sort of two notes, the A and the C. The B connects those two. Gives you almost a jazzy kind of vibe, I guess. And between the E and the G, the F sharp connects those two. Now, if you include in the blues note, you can either make it sound bluesy. sound very John Schofield and angular, you know. (laughs) Yeah. Jarring. going to get that dramatic kind of ooh is that the right note wrong note yeah kind of effect from the audience if yeah, you swing through it in a bluesy fashion where it's just a flavor to add to what you're doing then they'll never know the difference so you yeah, you, yeah look at the notes as, as kind of sort of adding a little bit of flavor out of it, adding a bit of spice to the pentatonic yeah you've always got that pentatonic to rely on and to come back to yes okay so let's look at extending this a little bit. Now there is a, you know, five positions to these pentatonic scales, which takes us all over the board. Now we could look at the whole of the next position, but 
In fact, let's do that just to start with. So position two starts on the thickest E string. Yep. A sixth string of the eighth fret. It goes eight, ten, seven, ten. play that whole pattern but what we do often do is we use a bit of it as an extension yeah. so so using the g g string as a yeah. yeah so we kind of can extend it out here also extending the scale back the other way yeah so if we look at what would be position five yeah you get three five three and five again two and five two and five three and five three and five so with that we might use the whole pattern we might use bits of it depending on what we're playing but in a lead sense we're most likely probably to use the bottom two strings so that then extends it that way so I've got the three and five down the bottom to the next position as well. Absolutely. There's a couple of positions of the pentatonic scale that guitarists tend to use quite a bit. And I think it's because they're, they're quite similar. So the position one, you know, is fair game, isn't it? We all know that one. But also position four. Who's up on the 12th in the key of A. Again, with that one, we... We probably don't always use all of it. We probably sort of stop at the A string quite a lot. So there's an interesting thing which I would encourage people to notice as well is you've actually got the same pattern, haven't you, as... Uh, as the first one we looked at. Kind of similar, yeah, until you hit that B, B string, string and then it throws up everything out. That's it. So the the D the A, D and G string, yes, is exactly the same as the E, A and D string. Yeah. Then the B it skips from the twelve to, to the thirteen. And then twelve and fifteen on the top. So that way you kind of you've got a different a very different approach because instead of being locked in one position and instead of dealing with lots and lots and lots and lots of scale positions, what we've got here now 
is the first position extended down the bottom. And also extended up the top. Right into that position there. And again, all of these positions, you can kind of expand them out both ways. In terms of adding the extra notes, we were going to talk about what do I use over what. Okay, now we've just been using a Dorian backing track. So basically, in layman's terms, going from A minor to D. So that's where our B and our F sharp added to our minor pentatonic and our blues note can all be chucked in. Now, the blues note can pretty much be chucked in anywhere if you're not hanging around on it. You can bung it in there, and it's and it's it's going to work if you're playing over anything which is deemed as sort of a minor progression, you know, even if it's a true sort of minor progression, yeah. using chords such as A minor, B diminished, C major, D minor, E minor, F and G, that blues thing will still work. That's pretty handy. But the defining moment really comes with that F sharp. When we're playing over something bluesy, so often the second chord will be a major. So you might have A minor as the first chord, but then D in the 12 bar is going to probably be a major chord of some kind. Now, if that's the case, if we played a normal minor scale, which would be like going up the alphabet, A, B, C, D, E, F, G, back to A again, the F would clash with the D major chord. Because D major has F sharp in it, not F. So by playing the Dorian mode and lifting that F up to an F sharp, wherever we find it, we negate that problem. So this then gives us two options. If you're aware, which hopefully after this lesson you will be, as to where the F sharps lie, all you've got to do is flatten them by one fret to make them an F. Yep, for the A chord. The A minor. Yeah, so if we're going up A natural minor, A, B, C, D, E, F, G, we start exactly the same, but instead of going to the F sharp there, we're going to flatten it to an F, which we can either play on the D string or play it on the A string. So either third fret on the D or eighth fret on the A. Carry on up the scale the same thereafter. again whereas yeah. before we had it there which was the F sharp yeah now this this brings balance to the force <laughs> because this means that when you're playing over sort of not something bluesy but something which is a minor so I'm now going to pick something which is a minor I sometimes feel like you're in training to be a Jedi learning the guitar it's so it's so epically massive uh, it, topic <laughs> it's one of those it's one of those things that's a bit like Pandora's box, isn't it? Once once you open it, it's like you think, "Oh, <laughs> why did I do really? that?" Really, <laughs> yeah. and just as you think you've kind of got you you've got it sussed, it all falls apart. So here's something in true A minor, and I'm going to use the A minor over it. I 
used a blues note there. something the guitarists generally are not very good at doing we're gonna play over a major key oh okay yeah, so, yeah, yeah. you've been asked to play over a major key what are you gonna do uh yeah good plan i'll just use the c major pentatonic yeah, so the key will play to take the soloist <laughs> yeah yeah exactly yeah i think it's one george i mean uh, i'd use the the ionian mode so i'd use say so if it was a c major scale i'd mm-hmm. use the c major scales play over it uh, and I'd, I might try and hit some of the notes that are contained in the chords using arpeggios if I know what the chords are in advance and work them out but okay yeah there's some really great bits in your plan and there's some bits I think we can we can help you with yeah okay this is all about making things accessible and often people don't realise that from the same set of notes you can actually make lots of different applications with the same set of notes. You know, people were always asking me, what are the chords, what are the scales? I had this massive scale dictionary. Yeah, it's not the jazz one, is it? Um, I don't know, I can't remember what it was called. It had a particular name to it, and they're, they're quite famous books. They're, there's chord ones and scale ones, and it's it, it just goes on forever and ever. It was an inch thick, nearly. With every scale and every mode in every position, and it goes into weird scales. Hungarians, like Hungarian minor, and the Cumoi scale, and the enigmatic scale, and the enigmatic minor. It's oh, my head hurts. Yeah, that's great to take in some of that. And sometimes, when you look at some of the weird scales, you've probably played them without even realising it. However, or when you were drunk, maybe, <laughs> <laughs> or in Hungary. <laughs> yes. yes sure. However. For most people, most of the time, and we're trying to appeal, I guess, to people here who who want to push the boundaries a little bit from what they know with the pentatonic, and also to help you, yeah, kind of, kind of get some of this stuff bedded in so it's usable for you. Because yes. the lack of usability with guitar stuff is it's it's a killer. If you give people something they can take out and gig tonight and use you've kind of done your job as a guitar teacher in a way. You know, while it's great to have some of the more interesting and unusual things, when you're working in music or when you're doing gigs, jamming with friends, 
things that you can use and put into practice straight away are oh so satisfying. Yeah. They may not be the full picture, but if it's usable, it can be very, very helpful. So you're right, you would use or you could use the Ionian mode. That's fine. But there is a problem here. If you know all your scales, know all your positions and everything, and, and you're quite happy with all of that, you've worked out all of your licks and all of your keys, and that's fine. But what we're talking about here is the familiarity of the minor pentatonic scale and how we can stretch it way beyond its possibilities so we can use it in different ways. Because the positions fall under your hand comfortably. It's probably the scale that you learn first of all. So once you rejig things and you give someone a major scale... So you'd immediately think A minor, of course. It's, it's all screwed up, isn't it? The position's different. Whereas if they can relate it to a scale that they know, so like say they can play the C major scale, but within the confines of their pentatonic pattern... Do you mean that you would be hitting those kind of more modal notes, with the, as in the notes which are outside of the A minor pentatonic in the key of C, the F, and the B uh, less frequently, if if you like? Is that a, a, a simplification? Well, let's look. Let's look at. We will answer that. I promise. Okay. Okay. Gotcha. Let's look at the application of it all. Simple, simple science, right? If you're in a minor key and you want to know how that key would give you the notes from a major scale or you want to know the related major keys, essentially, go three frets up. So if A is on fifth fret, which in the first position of the minor pentatonic, it will be. The eighth fret, because five plus three is eight, what note's that going to be? A, B flat, B, C. So the notes in the A minor pentatonic scale, just on its own without any extras, are the same as the C major pentatonic scale. Yep. Now the scale is already under our fingers, so we've got a two for one offer here. Well, that's pretty handy. Adding then some of the new notes, we're adding in a B there. Adding the F. The blues note still. We can do that. So we've still got the carcass of our scale our minor pentatonic but c is now our new root note now obviously you've got to remember that when you're improvising yeah. so whereas in a minor you might hang your licks on a or c or e now you're going to be in the key of c so mm-hmm. c e and g are going to be your your notes to to kind of your yeah. safe notes but you've basically got two scales for the price of one now you can also kind of reverse the idea like, say you're in the key of, I don't know, give me a key, Gary. Any key, no matter what. Okay, uh, well, let's go Let's go something like um, F sharp, then. 
Okay. So you want to be in the key of F sharp major. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. So F sharp, if we're in the key of F sharp, let's find an F sharp on the E string. Yeah, we'll go an octave up. That gives us the 14th fret. Three frets down from 14 gives us the 11th. So that'll be the E flat minor. Yeah. So if you play E flat minor, or I play some chords, it'll work. So E flat minor pentatonic. So if you give the little solo there, maybe an E flat minor. Oh, for yeah, you, yeah, yeah, okay. And I'll play some chords. in from the minor scale. Yeah, okay. We're going to use that um, to raise effect. So we're going to do... We're going to D major. D major. So what scale are we going to use? Something in D major. So we're going to be using the uh, B minor. Okay. B minor pentatonic, D major pentatonic, however you want to look at it.
This is what we want is for something that, that that works, you know, something that we can use. Yeah. Now, what we're talking about here with this kind of style of arranging everything is, I guess, it, it, it's not really sort of particularly conducive to the more sort of faster, shreddier elements of guitar playing as such. It's it's more about something that's sort of instantly usable and allows you to play over things when you do venture into the faster elements of guitar you probably do need to be looking at the scales that you're you're talking about like the ionian mode and yeah. things from the point of view of, of, of playing in the the classical sort of well, not classical but like the, the classic way of playing scales where it's three notes a string you know like if we were playing something fast over that backing having three notes a string would obviously sound unusual. So all the other stuff is great for bluesy. But if we want to shred, then we are going to have to arrange our notes. It'll probably be helpful to arrange them in a more even fashion. So, you know, yes, there is definitely a time and a place for that style of playing and for that sort of arrangement of of notes. Yeah, gotcha. But we want, you know, you and other people to get themselves sort of not totally away from the pentatonic, but to use that pentatonic that they know and love. Yeah. And then extend it and allow themselves to be able to play over different things with ease, you know, without too much sort of brain melt. So... I suppose I suppose a question like that is 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 helpful maybe for everybody, myself included, if we've got a moment, uh, would be about like a couple of riffs that you fall back on, perhaps. Okay. When you say riffs, are you thinking licks or what sort of things are you thinking? Uh, yeah, a lick. Yeah. Yeah. Lick or two. Yeah. When I think of riffs, I always think of you know, riffs. Yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah, gotcha. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> more, more, a, more a lick or two that will, you know, be beneficial, beneficial for people out there that want to go over these these backing tracks. Um, yeah, absolutely. One piece of advice I would, I would give when you start putting extra notes in is when you start, probably sort of include those notes, you know, as part of your your sort of leap from say that eighth fret to the fifth fret. <laughs> That's that's quite an easy thing to do, just to kind of get away from the pentatonic sound 
yeah. without totally escaping it. If you do the same on the next pair of strings. So you're just giving a little twist to what you already know. So yeah, you so you could instead of just going straight down to your note in the, on the fifth from the eighth, I'm doing a fairly standard pentatonic riff, putting the extra notes, and then finish it off as you always yeah, would. Yeah, yeah. So that's one okay, way of doing cool. it. The other way, if you want to kind of invoke slightly different sounds, is try starting on one of those new notes. So we're kind of, rather than swinging through them, we're hanging on them. Yeah. So you can do that kind of, that kind of cool. approach. You could sort of obviously do your fairly standard blues licks. You've got, well, you've got the notes in a row there on the G and the top string. Yeah. Depending how good your picking is, yeah. you, could, you could knock out a pretty Nifty. scary root. <laughs> That kind of thing going on. Okay. Uh, so I'm, I'm doing the same thing on, on three. It's sort of doubling up on something. You know. Lots of work on there. Yeah, loads to work on there. Thanks very much. No worries, pleasure. Excellent. Stay tuned for more episodes, jams, improvisation ideas and well-informed thoughts about amps, pedals and guitar gear. If you enjoy this podcast, then leave us a review on iTunes, find us on SoundCloud or see our website at tuneintoneup.com. Here you'll find show notes, tabs and other resources. 
I hope you're finding these lessons as interesting and useful as I do. And if you have any suggestions, we'd love to hear them. 